0: What's up, everybody? I'm Daniel again. I'm Ashley. And today we're wasting our talent with Ben Berry from Mountain Craft Productions. Mountain Craft Productions. So, you, uh, video production? Yes, video mm-hmm.
1: production. Yep. And
0: where are you based out of?
1: So, we're based here in Fairmont. That's kind of where the company started. And then we have an office also in Charleston. So, we kind of pop back and forth back between and forth. both those. Yeah.
0: And how'd you get started into the video?
1: The video stuff for me, um, I started really young. Um, I was making fake music videos and making short films with my friends. That's what I did on the weekends. Instead of doing all the other stuff as a kid, like I would make films. Um, And so it was something that I was interested in early on. And then I think like in high school, somebody was like, have you ever thought of doing this like as a career? And I hadn't at that point. It was just for fun. Um, And so, yeah, right out of high school, I kind of started thinking, okay, maybe I can do this for a full-time thing. And then I went to Full Sail University in Florida. I did their online program, Um, did that accelerated bachelor's degree in two years. And then while I was in school, I kind of started the company at the same time, used schoolwork as kind of like an intro to Mm -hmm. some businesses. And it's like, hey, I need to get some schoolwork done. So, you know, can we do this video for you guys? And it worked out really well. So oh, cool. So how yeah. long how long ago was that? Uh, let's see. We started a company. It's almost mm-hmm. been seven years ago. So, oh wow. Yeah, so yeah. you guys have been around and for a
2: And you got while. two two different locations where you do this from?
1: Yeah. So we that's started good, here cool. in Fairmont. Yeah. There's one. We're in the um, old or in the Omni Associates the Architects okay. building downtown. Um and then we have an office in Charleston. Yeah. Cool. So yep.
0: and, um you work with other people like in your company?
1: Yeah. So we started out just me. Um and I it was like I did it for like two years on my own and then um, during that time I met Justin Litton which is one of my other business partners um, and I started actually hiring him to shoot some of the stuff that we were doing and then after two years I finally convinced him to become my business yeah. partner so he joined um, and then last year in August we brought on our third partner and then towards the end of the year our fourth partner oh, wow. so there's four of us currently you. right now that's, yeah.
2: that's great for yeah. seven years of business yeah. Yeah. Like, that's really impressive yeah
1: it's really exciting and the growth last year was neat because Joe the most recent addition he does all the business side of stuff mm-hmm. And that was something we really struggled with because I'm not a business person. I'm a creative. And so are Mikey and Justin. And so when we brought Joe on, that's when I really feel like everything solidified for us as a company was kind of towards the end of last year. Because Joe is like, I'll take care of all the business Mm -hmm. stuff. You guys just go be creative, grow the company. And it was like, Oh, this is what I dreamed about (laughs) six years ago. You know, it's finally coming into fruition.
0: I feel like it's something that a lot of local businesses don't think about because my first business was a uh, music venue slash bar and didn't think about the whole like business side of it, like the paperwork, the taxes
2: oh, and all that stuff. yeah. Like, I think that's where uh, a lot of businesses go under really fast yeah. is because they're like, well, I know what I'm doing with – like what we're actually mm. doing, but then all the behind-the-scenes stuff yeah. gets lost. And, and there's so many. And if you hats don't keep you up with that stuff, yeah. then you're drowning in it. Oh,
1: yeah. And even if you keep mm. up with it, it's like mm. taxes. Yeah. I kept oh, yeah. up with it, but yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. It's like I hope this is right. I hope the IRS doesn't knock right. on my door. Like yeah. I didn't know. So like bringing on that person, that that's what he does. does anybody like, really that's, know what they're doing with that? I, so. I don't think so. <laughs> Not really. Does. But I pretend Joe does, and then <laughs> I sleep well at night. So yeah, yeah.
0: Whatever we started this company, we made sure there's four of us involved, and we made sure that like I take care of like the, the audio engineering side of right. things. My brother is very business savvy, so he takes care of all the other That's stuff. That's awesome. The other two guys pretend like they do things, but yeah you, know, <laughs> you, so. you need those guys. Yeah. Cheerleaders. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um so um so you just recently uh, got away from music, or started getting into? Yeah, music?
1: we it, music has always been one of those things. Like, uh, like I said, when I was younger, I was doing fake music videos. So we'd like lip sync popular mm-hmm. songs and fake our own music videos. So it's like Wait, have always you
2: released
1: these. Uh, they <laughs> I think these? they're gone. I really I tried <laughs> yeah. hard to get rid of them over the years. Yeah, I don't think you can find them. Maybe if you dig hard enough. Um, but so it was always something I was interested in. Um, but it was like one of those things, like. When you start a business, there's that fun factor, like doing things for fun and then making money. Right. Um, and with music, especially, I think over even the past five years, the music video like side of things has changed so much okay. to where there's less and less money, even for large artists. Um, so for me, it was just about trying to figure out, take it slow and figure out how do we get into the music side of things slowly? Cause I love it. I loved, I want to do music videos. I want to do more of yeah. them. The um, the
2: ones that I saw are great. Like, yeah. They're really high quality videos. Yeah. Like, and that's, really great.
1: That, that's something that we enjoy. And also most artists, even the artists that we have worked with didn't really realize like how into it we wanted to get because most of them are just expecting a performance music video and we're like no like let's think about the narrative let's think about the lighting like let's really make this a production. Yeah that's what
2: was so impressive to me it's like you're not just watching a video of somebody playing Mm -hmm. a guitar and singing like this is like you're seeing all of the lighting and all of the everything that goes around it.
0: Yeah and as a musician those are so boring just watching a band like perform it's like I get it like low budget you know doing stuff like yourself like it's hard but like my band just started filming our music video last month um, and it's all story based right. like the band is in it right. but in the background Yep. it's not focused on us at all so yeah. I like the story Yeah. yeah. tell me about that story Yeah. So.
1: I think that's super <clears throat> cool and we actually haven't gotten to do a, as even as much of a narrative music video as I've went to um, but we'll get there but then the other thing that we just started you watched the Josh Pantry music mm-hmm. video so we collaborated with a um, it's actually a bakery in Charleston called Rock City Cake Company um, oh yeah I
2: saw the cake at yeah, the beginning yeah <laughs> and they
1: make the most amazing desserts but then they move to this big big uh, building in Charleston. And the owner was like, I want to start like have a music venue and start doing bands. So they like bake in the daytime and then have rock shows on the weekends. (laughs) It's super cool. So she came to us and she's like, Hey, I want to do this like live performance music video collaboration with you guys. And I had been wanting to do this for years. So basically what we do is we come in and we'll bring in like three or four bands at a time and they'll all do a cover. Um, of whatever it will give them like I think four choices they can pick from four popular songs to do a cover of that song Um, and so it's really neat because we get to work with a lot of really local talented artists but then they also get to kind of put their own flair on a you know a cover so that it's a little more clickable Um, and it's just I'm really excited. Uh, Josh Pancher was the first one we released. We have another one that's done and then we're going to film I think three or four more in the next couple weeks. Was that
2: the one where he was like oh I just expected a camera? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well he
1: was a fill-in so we had a band that was supposed to come in, we had three bands scheduled, one of them couldn't make it. And so the owner, Morgan, of Rock City Cake Company, she just got on the phone, she's like, hey, Josh, what are you doing? Can you come like fill in for us? I really want to do Country Roads, it's our first release. And he was like, "Yeah, I just got done working." So he just came down like right after work, and he like walked in and he was like, "Whoa!" Because we had six cameras set up, and like <laughs> it's like it was a whole production. He was like, oh, "I was just like expecting yeah. like one camera," <laughs> yeah. and it turned out great. Like I'm super yeah, happy with the first it. It release, cool so it's something I hope we can keep doing and keep working with more local bands. Yeah. So I'll awesome. keep you guys in mind because, like, as
0: far as like our music goes, I like to stick with like the guy that we get you know our our production right. uh, from because. We we work really well together. As far as like music videos, I feel like you know, as somebody can you you can have a few music videos that are done by the same person, Mm -hmm. um, and they'll kind of have the same similar kind of feel to it. Yeah, definitely. Um, But then working with somebody else too, like that way you can view things from like somebody else's perspective. Somebody's got a different type of vision for that. Yeah, no, it's
1: it's really cool to see that we actually worked with um, Corey Vance was another music video we did. I think it was the end of last year and he's since worked with like two or three other directors since we did our one and it is really neat mm-hmm. to see cuz everybody has their own f- right. own spin on what they do. Um so I think it's really cool when mm-hmm. bands like work with different creatives yeah. and collaborate like that. It's great. So.
2: Yeah. Yeah, just like any art, you're going to give 10 different artists the exactly. exact same thing to work on and it's all going to look ex- yep. completely different. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. 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 So.
0: so, outside of music, what other kind of videos um have you been doing
1: so um, what we mainly focus on is commercial uh, production um, so we do and I mean we have we do TV commercials uh, a lot of social media commercials obviously because mm-hmm. everything's on social media um, web-based videos um, that's kind of, that's our bread and butter, like mm. is in those areas we've done, we've done more and more TV commercial production, which has been cool. Um, like last year we did three spots for the West Virginia lottery. I think they're still oh, airing nice. on TV right now. That's probably um, pretty big. I mean, that, yeah, that yeah. was our, that was our biggest one. That was yeah. like, that was a pinnacle job for me personally. That was a five-year goal. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. cause in the state, the lottery is one of the larger employers right. of video production in state. Mm-hmm. And so that was my favorite goal was to work with them. So we got invited to bid on two jobs last year. Um, lost first one got the second one and that was yeah that was our biggest job it was really cool because we we had a crew of 55 cast and crew all together and they were all west virginian so it was like 100 percent west virginia Mm -hmm. based cast and crew and it was just it was amazing it was a real dream come true like a huge set working for four days it was really fun so So
0: what what exactly like as far as that commercial because i mean i may have seen them yeah but what exactly were those commercials like entail like is it like actors doing things or is it more just about the West Virginia lottery
1: Yeah it was it's all actor based so what it was um it's I'm trying to think of the name of the actual commercial set um, is proceeds ads so what they are is to explain like what the lottery money goes to Okay. so we did one on state park tourism it was all we went to different state parks and had different actors come and help us like they were hiking or doing different Mm -hmm. things and then we had one that was on the elderly because they do a lot of uh, support of like meal delivery for the elderly Mm -hmm. and different programs like that and then we did one on um, education because they fund a lot of schools being built so each one had voiceover and then we had actors like acting out the different segments and scenes in each commercial okay yeah so it was fun it was a good mix of like there wasn't any like sound on set so that was it was a little less tense because when you have sound it just it's hard um so it was like really neat we just got to really like get in these scenes and figure out let's make them the most realistic as Mm -hmm. possible and it was it was a lot of fun Mm -hmm. so
2: so what are your like bigger goals so like you met that goal with mm-hmm. Doing what, what? what's next
1: it's that has been we've been talking about that actually because after we did that I was like guys we need to you know think about like we need to set new goals yeah, that, I know. that, that as was, as was my five year goal <laughs> yeah, as as and reach we reached goal, it like, so now more, it's like what's more? now yeah. and I think for me personally with the company is just to continue growth because um, I always heard that adage, like, if you can make it five years, you have a really good chance of making it. Um, and I thought that was silly at first, but it's definitely true. Like, it yeah. takes so long to establish a business. Um, so we made it over that five-year hump, and now it's, like, just about being consistent mm-hmm. and continuing to see, like, how we grow. I don't want to grow too fast. I want to be, you know, conscious of what we're doing. Um, and so we, we really haven't set, like, specific goals, but that's, like, one big one for me is that we do keep growing Um, Because when Joe came on board, he again, he really solidified us um, as a company and kind of gave us that base to where now we can start other companies and kind of grow, invest in other companies, which is some things we're looking into. And so it's like, it's not just video production anymore. It's like the whole gamut of growth, Mm. like bringing on new people, starting new businesses, investing in other businesses, like everything I've ever wanted to do. So it's really neat. Mm. So for me, it's just about like, Kind of keeping my eye on that prize and right. just being consistent, you know.
2: Yeah. Making yeah. sure you stay successful. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, because yeah, you so many people or so many times you can get stuck in a rut. Even yeah, like, yeah. you know, you get the lottery. It's like, I, I did the five-year goal, and then you you don't, like, keep pushing. Yeah. And for me, it was really important. Like, we met that. Now what's next? Like not get too yeah, cocky. Get make bar, sure yeah, get the bar. Yeah, let's raise the bar. Keep going. Um, and it's been really good because the guys, Justin, Mikey, and Joe, we work really well in tandem together and we all push each other in different areas. Um, and that's, that's huge. Yeah. Uh, part of our success is just the culture inside what we do the
2: dynamic, yeah, and, and being able to
1: work together and um, push each other. And we all have different strengths and weaknesses and they work really well together. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Now I've had a question whenever you, when you were saying about shooting TV commercials, yeah. it's just always been a personal question of mine. Why do most like local TV commercials suck so bad? Why is the quality so awful? <laughs> like, yeah. like all the car commercials and yeah. stuff. It's like, what? So oh, we, yeah.
2: I, you exceeded my expectations when I started yeah, watching that's those That's so videos. good. That's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. great. It's like, yeah, I was just like, yeah, all right, people... I'm going to watch these videos, see what we're doing today. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, these are really good. <laughs> oh,
1: good. That's good to hear. Yeah, so like local commercials. So the thing with, mm-hmm. this is something I, I had to battle when I first started the company because I thought the same thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, local commercials aren't that good. <laughs> oh, I could awesome. break into this. Yeah. Be good. But the problem is your average consumer they have a business, they go to the news stations, and they say, hey, we need a commercial. Mm. And the news station will either give them cheaper or free production ah. in exchange for okay. airing the commercial. So and, basically
2: you get what you pay for. Right,
1: okay. well, that and the most people look at a video, they look at our video, they look at the news video, and quality-wise they might be different, but they're a video. Right. One way or the other. One's just getting, very much more yeah. expensive. And they're getting airtime with one. Mm-hmm. So we have to fight that um, mm-hmm. with a lot of local budgets. Um, just that, you know, the from the second I started the company, a huge part of what we do is educating clients on why what we do is different. Because I thought oh, they'll be able to notice the visual difference. But that's not always the case. Mm -hmm. Some people could say, oh, your videos are nice, but not nice enough to justify your price. So it's about like sitting down with the client and explaining everything Mm -hmm. that we do and why our price tag is what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just, it's been a huge, that's been a huge thing um, since day one is just educating the clients on that. But the car commercials, (laughs) interesting, you mentioned that. (laughs) So those, I definitely thought we'd be able to break in, but they actually like that they're bad. I know oh, that really? sounds weird, but <laughs> they their like number the one well, their number one goal is when you go to buy a car, what are the top three dealerships you think of? And for me, the the cornier they get, the more that it does pop in my yeah. mind. True, and if yeah. it's nicer it probably isn't sticking. I might think, "Oh, that was that's a, that's a good commercial," but I'm going to think in. of the Goofy Freedom Kia yeah. ads yeah. or the whatever <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, <laughs> yeah whatever ad it is. And, and it's like yeah. they do it for a reason. Like I it's it's because yeah, it works. Yeah. So it's like I was like, well, then we I guess we won't work with yeah. dealerships. <laughs> we'll just let them have that. Yeah. So
0: this just always been yeah. like I always watch, you know, TV and they yeah. pop up and I'm just like, why?
1: But yeah. Yeah. That, that's yeah. Like, and on the TV, really cool. I mean, I, the news stations. I don't think they're necessarily trying to, you know, hit that quality level, Mm -hmm. but they're just swamped. Like they have, you you know, we, I have a friend that has like, He worked at a TV station and sometimes he was editing like six or seven spots a day. Oh, wow. And they were shooting that many in a week or so. So it's like you're just – you have like this much time to make something and usually that doesn't result in something that's very good. You need to get Mm -hmm.
2: into those Lawyer commercials. Yes.
1: yeah, (laughs) We're trying. We're trying to do some of that. Those are the ones you need to get into.
2: Cause I don't think they know they're bad. Yeah, They are so bad. I don't think they're aware.
1: It's (laughs) Slow, but sure. Yeah. 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 So,
0: um, I did read on your Facebook that you don't just have like a a pricing list. So you work with a client based on what they, what they want. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. And that was again, another decision, um, early on for us, um, because it's, Sales-wise, I've learned in the seven years of doing this, it's a lot easier if you have that number right. because mm-hmm. you can go in and the idea is you once you have that number, it's easier to close the deal. But for us, um, another thing that goes into our price tag is the custom nature of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that custom nature, mm-hmm. it keeps us from just having a number that we can pull out of our back pocket. Like We kind of have a baseline that we know mm-hmm. where we start in our heads. But we need to really sit down with you and figure Mm -hmm. out, you know, what do? Because everybody will ask, how much does a thirty-second spot cost? I love that question because it's like, okay, well, what? I don't know because what do you want in it? Do are we hiring Brad Pitt or (laughs) are we dropping an elephant out of a plane? Because that's you know a couple (laughs) million dollars. Yeah, Uh, probably. Yeah, for the right (laughs) amount of money, I'm sure. So it's like, but that's the thing. Like they they think only of timing. Like thirty-second spot, it's short. Right, but millions and millions of dollars are spent every Super Bowl on 30-second right, spots. So it's like just again, it's one of those things where you just talk with the client and open mm-hmm. that kind of curtain and show them like this is what goes into what we do. There's planning, there's creative, there's sitting down and talking there's to a lot you of cons-
2: consulting. Yeah, yeah,
1: about what they do because we don't we don't know what our clients do when we first talk to them. Mm-hmm. So it's about like. Talk, letting them communicate what they're good at and why they started their business, and then we take all that and give them back creative that is in video mm-hmm. form. Um, and so there's just there's just a lot of steps in that, and part of that is just like you know we we just decided early on we're not going to have just pricing, uh, we're going to stick to this kind of white glove custom yeah. pricing kind mm-hmm. of thing.
2: I also noticed that when I was looking at your face, yeah, and it's, and, it's interesting yeah. to do it that way, instead and it of just has being like there's there's a blanket price. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and it, and there's been detractors. I mean, there's been times where people are like, "Well, if you had a price, I might go with you." Right. Um and we just kind of had to press through some of that mm. in the beginning and now it's like it's kind of flipped. Now it's like people recognize our quality and they we're starting to get a name and so that custom pricing makes us seem more luxurious or more you know more expensive of a brand and it so that's and that's what we wanted, you know, even from the very beginning that was kind of our goal. Yeah. So, hmm. yeah.
0: It's very similar to to how we have our pricing structured here. We haven't really, we're still, we're just now to the point where we're trying to bring in other people to do their podcast here. We do have one that we do out of here right now. That's kind of similar. I was curious about it. Yeah. That's why I asked because it's all based on like we've got like our, like you said, baseline. Mm-hmm. Like we won't go below this because, right. you know, we would just be losing yeah. money at that point. But then it's based on what
1: they want. Essentially. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. there's there's just so many variables because if we had a pricing mm-hmm. list sheet, whatever, we'd eat our lunch a lot. Because oh, you yeah. you walk into a client and they say, okay, we'll pick tier two, whatever. And then you get on set and it's like, ooh, this is a huge, you yeah. were doing a lot. And at mm. that point, I just, I don't like those conversations that far along with the client about mm. money. I like to have it all up front. Yeah what's your budget range right. um, this is what or we can quote you a price after we talk to you and figure out what you want and then there's no confusion then right. it's like mm-hmm. you know what the price is even if it's a little high and there's no question moving down the line like we're we know that we've done our due diligence and we've covered everything right. because we do this on an everyday basis like this that's all we do mm-hmm. so we know how to set up a video production so you tell us what you want we'll give you a price everybody's happy like down the road there's mm-hmm. no like oh this is more expensive than I thought or we have to come back and say oh, ah, we need more money. Yeah. None of that. So it's just, it, I think it's really helpful. Yeah. Um, but just the initial hurdles are tough because everybody wants price. That's, yeah, that's, that's the that's, first question. <laughs> how much this yeah. is this going to cost? Everybody wants yep.
2: instant gratification. Yes. Everybody yeah. wants to know everything up front. Yep. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not the answer right. that they want, they just...
1: So on on top of that, another thing we were talking about growing earlier, um, we are getting ready to launch another brand. We've kind of launched like a soft launch with it, um, but it's going to be called Modular Media. And that brand is aimed at that very specific demographic because what we found out was as we are growing and we're getting a bigger name, we've kind of grown out of being able to work with small businesses mm-hmm. locally because they just don't have a budget. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, it's not because they don't want to work with us. It's It's just because their marketing budget's very low, and if they overspend, then they wouldn't be in business.
2: Small business owners usually aren't even paying themselves. Exactly.
1: Right. So we were like, we missed some of that um, because that's where we started was these small businesses. And so we set up Modular Media, and it's going to be a tiered pricing structure to where there's going to be four tiers. You're going to know exactly what you get in those tiers. Mm -hmm. It's going to be very listed out. And then down the road, eventually, hopefully, we're going to build sort of like a marketplace where you can click on the specific things you want and then you'll get a total based off that's what you great. like okay. yeah. i need drone i need voiceover i need an actor boom it kind of shows up at the yeah, bottom and gives great. you a price so we're working on that because we do want to serve that part of the market because i know there's actually a legitimate part that needs that service they just can't afford us oh yeah um, so we're working that's something that we're working on to kind of expand what we do and who we can work with
2: yeah and, i so. thought that when i was looking this morning because i yeah. own a small business and i was like man this would be so cool because social media is a job in itself yeah. like oh, it is it's it's a full-time <laughs> job to keep yes. up mm-hmm. with Instagram's mm-hmm. algorithms and ke- making sure people see your stuff making yep. sure people are you know clicking on your stuff right. and liking and commenting and like to have something that would be as nice quality as your right. videos would be great yeah. for a small business. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: definitely. Yeah, and I mean video video just rules all. Like mm-hmm. video yeah. content is king in whatever mm-hmm. whatever social platform you're on. They prioritize video over yeah. anything, yeah. Um, and so it's it's cool for us on our end because that's what we do. Um, but it's also another educating thing with the clients and like explaining like this is really I'm, I'm not trying to just sell you like video is right. so important in what you do oh, and yeah. how you market mm-hmm. your business. So it's 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 cool. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really awesome to see how much it's grown and how much it's going to keep growing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like I I've told Justin that when we got started, like I feel like we we hit it at a perfect time. Like the wave was just getting ready to get started and. It's sort of now crashing, and it's cool because we're prepared. We've been doing this right. for six years, You're and we're good. You're not
2: trying to figure your way into yep. it right now. Exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> so I wish we would have started this company way before we did. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was like, let's do this podcast company like 10 years after podcasts. Yeah. Where, like started to blow up. But... You
2: were the first podcast I ever listened to.
0: Well, see? There you go. Here you did I something am. good. Yeah. So, yeah. so what's the craziest thing you've ever been commissioned to do? Mm-hmm. So you've been doing this for a while. I'd, like, you have ever been commissioned to do anything like kind of off the wall that you weren't comfortable with? No,
1: not no? really. Um, I'm trying to think. <laughs> well,
2: now that he asked, yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> now tomorrow we'll get something. Um, yeah, no, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. We really, I mean, I mean, with commercial video production, it's mm-hmm. usually. We're pushing the excitement needle because it's just boring. Mm -hmm. Um, And we try to like infuse story and creativity and everything we do. But off the top of my head, I can't think of anything like just, yeah, we haven't really had anything crazy. It's all been a nasty email from him next week. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for opening this floodgate. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, We had somebody come in wanting to do a a porn podcast with us. So that's kind of of what
1: I'm actually Podcast. Yeah.
0: That's interesting. It was going to be like, The host would watch a specific video. During the
1: podcast. No, beforehand.
0: And they'd come in and talk about it and like give it ratings, like whether or not it was this or that, or it was like... Oh, that's interesting. There's nothing like it out there. It could be interesting, but... It was like, yeah, there's that's probably crazy. a reason we, there's
2: nothing like that. Yeah. There, I
0: mean, though. we just, we had like been a company for like not even eight months. I'm yeah. Like, I don't know if I want that. It was like our first big, like, question. Yeah, no, it's not ours. Yeah, so definitely not. Like, no, I caution you <laughs> against that for sure. Yeah. No.
1: Yeah. No, we haven't. I'm I surprised that we haven't gotten any requests like that, but we really haven't. <clears> yeah. porn Pornhub's going to be a good holiday next year. Yeah. Week. They'll, they'll give us a call. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, what's the biggest, like, I would say a hurdle that you've had to overcome in the past 7 years um from like whenever you started to now like what's the biggest thing that you've faced as a company um <laughs> mic overboard I'm good I got it if you just keep keep the microphone like I was pointed to towards you you so good
1: <laughs> but all right I'm good <clears throat> um as far as hurdles I think for me the biggest hurdle is how to deal with downtime in a business, and specifically, you know, I talked about that five-year thing, where if you get past five years, you're probably, you know, on a on track to stay open and stay a business. Um, but like, yeah, there was there there's a lot of throttling that happens when you start a business, mm-hmm. um, and I was not prepared I might have been a little too overconfident with how what how good the company was going to do. Um, and so dealing with, you know those those months or weeks where, you're expecting work or you don't understand why you're not getting work and trying to figure out what to do to fill that void. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know for me early on, there was like a lot of panic um, that filled that void. It's like, oh, I got to call everybody that I know that I've ever done a video. Yeah, I'm never going to do another video. Mm. Um, And over the years, I've learned that That's just part of what, you know, that's part of being in business. You're going to have, you're going to have high times, you're going to have low times. Um, And lately, thankfully, it's been a little bit more of medium time, like across the board, we've just been very consistent, which is great where we want to be. but yeah, just how how to deal with with that kind of stuff. I mean, that's that's a huge hurdle because a lot of people they either want to quit or, like I said, they fill it with panic. Mm-hmm. Um, and decisions made out of panic are never good decisions. Yeah. Um, and you end up
2: lowering, you know, prices, lowering, yeah, lowering yeah.
1: prices, going, you know, bugging clients that wouldn't m- probably come back and work with you in a year if you would leave them alone or just <laughs> anything like, you know. So yeah, for me personally, it was like filling those times and like figuring out you know, what, what do I need to I'm not getting work. What do I need to be focusing on? Um, I think that was really a huge hurdle. And then I think company wise, as far as video production goes, I really think the education thing was a hurdle for us. Mm. Um, just figuring out that client's Needed that extra time and needed that extra explanation. It wasn't enough to just say, Oh, we're a video production. I didn't tell them what they needed to know right. about why our product was important, why they should spend money on it, why it's an investment. Mm-hmm. That's another topic that we talk about a lot with clients. Um, and so, yeah, just that hurdle of figuring out how we educate our clients because, you know, a lot of people. When you're when you're good at something or you're in a certain field, you understand it, but it's hard to explain it to other right, people. Yeah. Yeah, so we all kind of had to mm. add that element to what we do, and like, oh, we actually need to, you know, verbally converse with people about yeah, why what we do is important. Yeah. Because people
2: aren't doing what you're doing every yeah, day. just, don't just understand yeah, what you're We doing talk every in a different day.
1: language to yeah. those people. Um. So yeah, I think I think business-wise, that was that was one of the bigger hurdles. is figuring out where along the line that education piece comes in and then kind of how to use it to manage client expectations, bring on new clients, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just been a whole process. And I mean, really over the last two years, I think we've really honed in on it a little bit better. But before that, it was like, try something, didn't work, try this, it kind of worked, try this. oh, that worked really well. And like, we're just putting, you know, pieces on as we Mm -hmm. go and kind of building it out, you know, trial Mm -hmm. and error style. But I think that was one of the bigger hurdles. Mm.
0: Yeah. I think the worst thing about, like owning a business where you're trying to like sell like a product like you do or like we do is going into a meeting, which is this happened with the last people that we met with. and they have a question that you never thought of, mm-hmm. and you don't have an answer for it. right oh, You're just yeah. like, shit, maybe I don't know enough. And it makes yeah. you look like you don't know
1: what you're doing. Yep. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> shit, yeah. yeah. You really you, you quickly yeah. got to learn how to think And on it's your feet. embarrassing
2: because you're yeah. like, oh, why don't I yeah. have this information to give right. to you? Like, yeah.
1: this is, oh, this is my job, man. Yeah. I, did I miss something? Like, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. yeah, there are those times. So never go into
0: a business meeting just by yourself. Yeah. Take somebody else because <laughs> exactly. it's so much easier to play off of the yeah. other person. Yeah. You know, if neither of you know, or maybe the other person does and you don't. So, right. so me and my brother, when we do it, we go. Cause he's the business side yeah, and I'm like the audio side. So I can explain right. things that he doesn't know. He yep. can explain things that I don't know. So it makes it way easier. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the so. same
1: goes like with Justin. Um, he is such a technical mind when it comes to filmmaking. So he has his master's degree in cinematography. He went to actually London and oh, wow. got that degree. Um, and so he, he has a grasp on filmmaking that I don't think I'll ever Totally achieve because he just has a mass amount of technical knowledge, Um, and I'm really good with the clients. So that's like one of the early things with us that worked really well is he could one explain things in great depth and detail about what we were doing and why we were doing it, but also give that. You know, the client, the reassurance, or even stop us from making a mistake because I didn't know, you know, what I was getting into, or, you know, so the technical side, he had it covered. And then I've always been really comfortable with the clients. So it's been, like you said, it's a really good tandem that I would not have probably survived without him, (laughs) like I'm sure. Um, And so, yeah, you always need that. Mm -hmm. So,
2: what is your favorite kind of video to do?
1: Um, so I, I really love being in the commercial space. Um, again, this is another thing that me and Justin butted heads with when we first became business partners because he was trained as a narrative filmmaker. His goal was to be a DP in Hollywood films. Like oh, okay. that was his trajectory. And I always have had an interest in branding and how it works, um, how they create this brand, and then continue to tell stories, whether it be in video or audio form or written format, but still keep that consistent brand format and move it forward. So I've always, always loved that space. Um, And so I think what happened was with me and Justin, we've kind of collided in the sense that he has some of his love of telling a story and having a narrative has bled over into my brand side and vice versa and so now like when we approach a brand it's not like oh how do we you know market this bottle of water it's like okay we've got a we've got a bottle of water they have a brand but how do we tell a story with that brand how and like do we coll- make this yeah, and collab that in or um, combine that together rather and so that is that's my Favorite part about the video process, because that is that is a key cornerstone of every video we do, is one humanizing things as much as possible, um, because so many people miss that element. And then two, how do we tell a story? There's a story no matter what brand, company, service, product you're talking about. The beer one I watched was so cool. Yeah, how do you how do you drink
2: beer and I love that (laughs) video. (laughs) Yeah, how do
1: you get there with that? You know, and like so, they're a beverage distributor, and that was a really that was kind of a head scratcher for us because we. We didn't even know what a beverage distributor did before we had that meeting with them. Mm-hmm. So after sitting down and figuring out where they worked in the chain of like everybody has you know has seen a beer or drank a beer, like how does that get to where you are able to buy it? Um, and so sitting down with them and being like, guys, what do you think about – telling the story of how this beer got made all the way till it got to the bar or grocery store because you guys are pivotal in that process. And they loved it because it really showed, it showed what they're good at in every aspect, not just, you know, the middle warehouse part that everybody sees them as. Um, and so that's, that is my, I don't know that I have a specific favorite type of video that we do, but that's the favorite, my favorite part of making that video is sitting down and saying, here's the client. Here's their branding. How do we tell this story and how do we get as creative as possible and and really push the creative envelope too. Um, there's a dog upstairs. Gotcha. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. I was just making sure. The um, house and, is crumbling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and really push, I even make our clients not uncomfortable, but like push them outside of their creative comfort zone. Because um, they're not always comfortable with creative ideas when it comes. They have, sometimes they have a set video idea or they have a set idea about the way their product should be shown. And that's another thing that we've just emphasized the longer we've been a business, the more confident we got is that we're experts in our field. Right. And when you hire us, part of what you're paying for is for us to come in and say, that's a bad idea. Well, let's do it a different no, way. Not course, yeah. We're not saying we can... We understand your brand better, but we understand how to tell what you're trying, the story you're trying to tell better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really coming to that connection with the client has been amazing in, for the most part, because once you get over that hump and you kind of push them out and they see, oh, we see what you were trying right, to do. Then it's freedom. like, yeah, there's so much freedom because they're like, okay, cool. You have mm-hmm. free reign. That worked out great. That was awesome. Um, and so yeah, that, that part of it is my favorite part of making any videos, that brainstorming time where you've already met with the client you understand what they're trying to accomplish and we get to infuse the creativity and into it, it it's, yeah it's really fun yeah that's cool because that's where anything can happen i mean we flooded a basement last year um like full-on flooded the whole basement mm. for a shoot and that's like, oh, like on that's, purpose yes okay yeah yeah <laughs> no and that's the cool that's like we we did that because yeah. we decided this worked well with the story mm. can we flood a basement and the client's like sure but yeah whatever and it's like oh Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, what, was, what was
0: the company that you did that for? So
1: that was actually for the city of Fairmont. They okay. installed the new mm. water meters uh, okay. that are Wi-Fi that you can connect to on your computer and kind of get real updating time of like how much water you're using. Oh, wow. So oh, the, I didn't
2: even know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: really cool. So you can log on probably. I think it's citywide definitely by now. So you can log on, find your address, and you can get you can get texts like every day. You can get text about how much water um, you're using. So that way, like if you're on a trip... Um, beforehand, if your basement flooded, you wouldn't know for 30 days or right. until you got back mm-hmm. from the trip, they'd send a letter like 60 days later or whatever. And so with this, it's like, it keeps that from happening. Cause it's like, Oh, our water flows a little high. I know I'm not home. What's the deal call. Right. And there's less mm-hmm. damage. Yeah. So the, the, or the video that we did was showing a couple coming home from vacation and they walked downstairs and it was like yeah. their basement was just oh, flooded. Wow. <laughs> um, and so it's cool. Cause you like dream that up. And then the client's like, sounds good. We see your vision. Do it. Let's find a basement to flood. And you're like, whoa, this yeah, is real. Cool. I love so it. So,
0: How do you have to like, I mean, to get, to get a basement to flood, mm-hmm. like what did... What well, so, so what we did that. is we
1: only needed a section of it. So mm-hmm. we, they built, we found a, a house that was just finished in construction. It was a concrete basement mm-hmm. and we partitioned off a segment of the basement that we needed. Um, they built retaining walls around certain parts of it, sandbagged it. And then the city oh, came wow. in and filled it up Man, for us so like a big, really big swimming pool. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. They, they, they like saw the vision and how it fit in. Cause the rest of the video is about talking about how to use this mm-hmm. system mm-hmm. and our point was you really need this little narrative in the beginning to really catch people because if you just jump right into how do you use your Wi Fi water meter, nobody's paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. So but it's like we really need yeah, we attention. really need that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it it uh it moved the story forward too cuz the characters in the story found there's a guy in their basement that when they came home and he like guided them through the rest of the process of setting up their water meter and so that was like the catalyst they like went downstairs and their basement's flooded and there's this guy like sitting down there <laughs> and he's like hey I can tell you how this doesn't need to happen ever again so it's just fun it's just cool yeah. stuff it's and really cool. and like with the lottery um, one of the shots that we did, we were at Cass, uh, railroad uh, down there yeah. in Southern West Virginia. And it's like, I got to play with trains all day. Like I got to tell <laughs> them to go forward, back up, blow the whistle. It's like, I'm, this is Four like my, ki- my kid's yes. dream, right? But it's all part of that creative process. Cause we told them, you know, this is what we need to do. And they said, cool. They called Cass up. We got a crew down there. They gave us two trains for the day. Like. And that's, that's the kind awesome. of stuff it's like, this is like real now. Like, what, mm-hmm. you know, and we have enough, uh, a large enough portfolio that more and more clients are trusting us even more. Mm-hmm. And we get to push that boundary even more and see like what we can do. Um, and it's just exciting because who so knows? you
2: feel like you're getting that freedom more often than
1: not. Oh, yeah, for sure. The clients are getting bigger. Um, our name's getting out there more. And mm-hmm. the freedom is there because we're now getting a. Uh, we're getting known for pushing that creative. So it's like, oh, these are the guys that do, you know, they go over the top um, with the creative side of stuff. And so when we sit down, when we talk to a client or we pitch an idea, it's like no longer is it like, uh, would you guys like uh, let us flood a basement? It's like, hey, we already did this and it worked really well. So we're going to do this crazy mm-hmm. thing and because this worked. We're like And they're an like, and they're like cool. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the next step. Mm-hmm. So it's like we've gotten that that ability to kind of push that and clients are like, cool, it's worked before. You guys do good work. We'll sign off on it. And it's just like, yeah, there's no, there's no limit to that. And that's, what's exciting to me. Like, um, being a company in West Virginia and pushing those boundaries. And like, when we get told, like, you guys look like you're from New York or you guys look like you're out of LA. That's like, that's, that's what the goal is, um, is to have that, you know, national look to right. everything mm-hmm. that we do. Cause it's achievable. It all comes down to planning. That's the piece that so many people miss, um, and we're able to bring that to the table with that creativity and all that planning. So,
0: now Have you gotten any clients from out of state that have uh, asked you to do stuff?
1: Yeah, we've gotten a few. Um, we're actually in three weeks. We're going to Winchester, Virginia. We have a client there, um, Melnor Sprinklers. If you've been to Lowe's or Home Depot, you've probably seen their products. They're a national brand. Oh, wow. Um, they just mm. – it was – happenstance. I forget because Justin had them as a client before he came on and we work with them every year. We do product videos. Like last year we did a bunch of Amazon review videos for them. Um, And so we have them as an out-of-state client and then we've done some other work. Um, The year before last was an awesome year because we actually got hired. We did a documentary in Bolivia. So that was really, really cool. Um, And then I was filming (coughs) in Canada later that year um, and so, yeah, so we do sporadic traveling when we're able. Oh, and we also went to um, North Carolina and filmed at the BMW plant there. Um, and that was through like Vox. Uh, so that was really cool. So it's like it's here and there we get to travel out of state. Um but not super often. Mm. Yeah, it just depends. Yeah,
0: cuz my next question was going to be like how far are you willing to travel, but obviously you <laughs>
1: Yeah, gone yeah, we're, we're pushing we we'll push it yeah as far. Like yeah, whatever. Though, yeah, we always stress that like we'll go anywhere yeah. and that's another cool thing about having the team we have is we can pile up in a truck and we can be anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're really mobile. Um and I think the reason we haven't worked more out of the state is um a part of my uh uh, process with clients is I don't, I hate the cold calling and like the trying to get leads or, you know, lead generators or anything like that. Like, I'm very adamant about the handshake and the networking face to face or seeing our product and calling us because of that. Um, and so, because of that, our growth outside of the state's been a little slower because I don't just want to cold call people in Columbus or in Pittsburgh or in Kentucky and try to get work out of the state. I want it to be, um, very organic, and yeah. I want it to be because I met somebody in Pittsburgh, and we did a job, and then another. So it's like it's a it's the slow route. Mm-hmm. But to me, it creates these clients that we're going to work with long term, oh, and that's yeah. what we talk about with everybody when we sit down. Like I'm not interested in the one off video. If that's all you need, that's fine. But I'm interested in working with you ten years down the road. That's mm-hmm. that's our goal is to make you so happy and really hit the nail on the head with the creative, so that you'll keep coming back. Um, and so that that has. I wouldn't say hindered, but it slowed the out of state growth just because I need it to be organic Mm -hmm. um, or else I don't really want it necessarily. (laughs) Um, And so all of our work out of state has been very organic. It's been people we've known, people we've met. People that have seen our work, we've gotten referred, um, and so that's perfect to me. And whenever you know, we'll keep doing those things, and hopefully, we will work out of the state more. Um, you know, and be able to, because we, we're close to so many great markets. Like I said, Columbus, Pittsburgh, Kentucky. We're mm-hmm. six hours from New York. Well, the East Coast-wise, we're positioned oh, to yeah. be anywhere in a day, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we really stress that with people, like we can be, we're that, like we can be your East Coast crew if you need something. Um, and so I think it'll come. It, it's just a slow process. Mm-hmm. That's gotta um, gotta
2: make your customers feel really important. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. that's that gives them a sense of this is really personal to me and really you know, I matter to them. I'm not just another client. Yeah.
1: And that's that's another thing we really stress is like even like going back to the creative side of things, like we we have not argued with clients, but we have pushed back with clients on creative and explained to them this isn't because we just wanna be a jerk or don't want to work with you. It's because we're so proud of our creative that what this that you know, we both came up with isn't good enough for us. Like we, we don't want to put our name on that. Right. So it's, you know, and so it's been a really interesting thing because that has happened with quite a few clients. They like, it clicks that the creative matter, it's not just a job for us. Right. Like that creative with each job is very personal. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's some jobs that are more interesting than others, but at the end of the day, like our product is the most important thing to Mm -hmm. us. And so like each video, gets our care and attention and time and it, it really matters to the clients. They can see it, you know, in the long haul that like we, we care almost as much as they do about yeah. the video. Um, and that really goes a long way yeah. with them.
0: Yeah. Have you ever had any any businesses that you've been working with whenever you tell them that like it needs to be like this way? Have they just backed out completely?
1: Um, mm-hmm. There, yeah there have been a few clients that uh, you know you get to that phase where it's like you're kind of laying down the ground rules and they're like eh, this isn't you know this isn't really what we want mm-hmm. um, or and we've even actually you know told some clients clients like hey we think you would work better with these guys like Mm because that's another thing like we don't we're really collaborative in nature and so if we don't think something's going to work or they're just kind of a different speed or they need a different type of creative like we're more than happy to hand them off because I'd rather them be happy Mm -hmm. um, and get what they want rather than slogging through a project with them where nobody's happy on either side Um, but really everybody that's kind of pushed back um, has actually come around um, eventually and called mm-hmm. back and been like hey we Everyone? thought about it mm-hmm. yeah most really? most people just because we put a lot of time into the 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 ground rules that we mm-hmm. lay so initially they might not take offense to it but they might they might kind of bristle at like oh we're pushing back and you guys should just be yes men we're paying you um, but mo- yeah, most of them have come back around and been like, you know, we thought about it. The creative's good. You guys had good reasons for everything. You know, we're going to, we're going to go through with this. And it, it, it's great. Cause like I said, you're getting rid of all the barriers in the beginning right. and kind of breaking down all that stuff. So there's no, they know how we work. We know how they work and it's all out on the table in the beginning. Um, and we actually had an experience earlier this year. We shot a regional Super Bowl ad for Cabell Huntington Hospital. Um, actually that's how I heard about you guys was, was the it fools. Adam McKinney? Yes, yeah, Adam yeah. came yeah. on here and was talking about <laughs> yeah. that. And uh, so when we pitched them there was such a quick mm. turnaround. They called us December twenty sixth and said we need to have a commercial for the Super Bowl by February fifth or whenever, mm. you know. And that's a really fast turnaround thinking that we didn't even have any creative at that point. So we came up with some creative, pitched it to them. They loved it. Then they came back to us and said, hey, we talked to everybody and we think we're going to kind of like merge, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) merge um, some of your, I need to take a drink real quick. (laughs) Sorry. It's okay. Um, They said, we're going to merge some of your creative and make this new idea. So I, I told him, I was like, hey, I'm going to call you back. I'm going to talk to the team and I'll, I'll get back with you. And we, I got off the phone and I was like, this is not, this isn't good. Like this ruins most of all the motivation that we had in each of these creative spots. And so we, we made a decision. We're like, this is a huge job. It's a huge client, but we're going we're gonna to stand on our principles. We're going to stick to our guns here. And so we called him back and said, we're not going to do that like that it's just it makes the commercial bad Don't it sell ma- out. it out. Ma- yeah, yeah it makes mm-hmm. it makes what we're doing not as worthwhile and not as good and she was like I really appreciate that and so she got a phone she called it and went, like 15 minutes go by and we're all just sweating like did we make the worst decision ever <laughs> she called back and she was like everybody's really appreciative that you were that like gung ho about your creative to stick to it and they're like green light we're good to go you guys get this creative Ooh. you know we'll make it work and so it's like it was a risk, but it was one that we feel like we're willing to take and yeah. kind of really hammer that point home because at the end of the day, that creative is that important to us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I was working with
0: Adam. I've known him for a long Adam's
1: time. Adam's amazing. He? Yeah, <laughs> he was – well, he was in the water meter spot that I talked about. Oh, really? He yeah, was he, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was in that, and that's kind of how we first – worked with him, and then we, we knew immediately when we, we had three different concepts for the hospital spot, and when they picked the kind of more comedic one, like, we knew immediately that we yeah, wanted yeah, him. <laughs> um, yeah. He's just, he's so fun to work with on mm-hmm. set. Um, and, yeah, just, it I love it because all the guys from The Fearless Fools um anybody that you work with they have such an ability to get on set and riff and like kind of we can let them go like we I have an idea as a director of what I want to do but then it's like at the end of the takes I've gotten what I want it's like Adam let's just let's just play around like you just give me some responses <laughs> off the cuff and it's always so much fun mm. and they're just so good at that improv stuff yeah. that I just love it yeah. I love working with all of them yeah. so now, now
0: once once you mentioned that I I feel like in the episode where we did the fools I feel like he mentioned mountain craft yeah he did. He, like did he did yeah, yeah. well because somebody
1: sent it to me and they're like listen to this part because i knew i'd, I'd heard you guys' podcast before they were like listen to this point in the message or in the podcast so i turned it on I was in the hotel room we were working on something and it started listening to it and they like started talking about this this hospital commercial and i didn't know it was adam mm-hmm. at first and I was... He, like, started explaining. I was like, wait, that was was (laughs) our production. And then he was, like, Mountain Craft Productions. I was like, oh, that's awesome. That was really cool. So, yeah. yeah. I grew up with Adam. Yeah.
0: Like, not grew up with, but we all went to the same church camp and all that stuff together. So, yeah, he's always been kind of out there. It was neat. And then,
1: like, on that hospital when we had Mm -hmm. Lauren, and I guess they've been performing together for Mm -hmm. a long time. And so, they just they had such a great chemistry on set. It was just so much mm-hmm. fun to kind of let them, let them play around in the scene and kind of just see what we got. And we used quite a bit of what they did yeah. um, in some of mm-hmm. it. Cause they're just, they know they get a sense for like the comedic timing and all that. And that was really important in that spot. So mm-hmm. we just let them, let them have at yeah. it. And it was great.
0: So, so as far as um, like you said, you all kind of work on the creative mm-hmm. side of things. Um, and you, are you the, you direct it whenever you're there?
1: Yeah, so that was another evolution of the whole, like, just figuring out what this, what being a video production company was. You know, in the beginning, I did everything. Then Justin came on board, and then we each had six hats a piece. And then Mikey came on, Joe. And through that process, it's like kind of we've gotten to figure out what, one, what we're good at, mm-hmm. and two, like what we want to do in the creative space. Um, and that has been probably one of my like the best things about all of it so far is like we've slowly slotted ourselves into, into what we're really good at and then we can crew up for everything else that we don't mm-hmm. necessarily like doing but had to do in the beginning. Um, and so directing was one of those things that like, I thought it sounded cool, but I didn't under I didn't understand the whole logistics of behind what a director did and like yeah. why are they so prominent? What goes into being a director? Um, and the same with like Justin, like he was trained as a DP, but he's also really good in post production. Um, Mikey came on board, and he can edit, shoot, and do sound. Um, and so like what the current. Slate right now is I usually direct stuff unless Justin wants to take a stab at it. Um, Justin is almost always behind the camera because there's nobody better. He's just the best. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Mikey comes in and Mikey helps on the pre-production side. He does a lot of producing for us, which is amazing. And then he's kind of slotted himself in as our editor. Um, So he edits everything, and then Justin kind of finishes it out, does all the coloring, the audio fine-tuning, all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of our pipeline. But any given shoot, it can be different. Like on the shoot we did last week, I basically was – like Justin's assistant with the camera, mm. uh, Mikey was running a camera, there was some, the agency was directing, so they didn't need me as a director, so like, wherever we need to slot in, we can, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's kind of where we where we sit naturally, if we get our, our choice, yeah. so.
0: And do you do any storyboarding, like, pre-production-wise, like, because I've, uh, whenever we did our music video, like, he did, like, a storyboard, and mm-hmm. it was all just stock images you sent me just like really quick to kind of give me an idea
1: do you do any of that just to kind of get we have done some storyboarding it depends on the client and what they want we don't we don't love to storyboard just Mm -hmm. because it's kind of hard and unless you're a really good artist or you have really good clip art to build a good (laughs) storyboard stuff so what we do is actually we call them mood boards so it's like we'll go find stock images that evict or not evict evoke mm-hmm. the right emotion okay. so like uh, you know this this color looks right or this setting looks right and we'll kind of build together this mood board and say like this is the feeling we're going for uh, but we have done storyboards before when the mm-hmm. clients needed it it's just a little tougher and again yeah. we try to do everything at a certain quality so it's like it's, it kind of can get a little pricey to do those storyboards if you're going to do it like, on a consistent basis. So mm-hmm. traditionally, we try to do the mood boards, write scripts, and then try to verbally explain you know, kind of visually what we're trying to think with the spot. So. But it depends on the client, whatever they want.
2: So for a 30-second commercial, mm-hmm. from the very first time you speak to the client until it's completely finished, mm-hmm. how long do you, on average, do you spend on one of these?
1: Um, I'm sure it varies. But- yeah. I mean, it can be like a month to a month and a half. Um, from everything for 30 seconds, for 30 That's seconds, crazy. yeah. So, like, um, on, the lottery is a good example. So, the, that was three 30 second spots. We were in pre production starting in the end of August. Um, we were filming mid September. We had four dedicated days of production on set with the full 55 crew. Um, and then Justin and Mikey and I did pick up shots after that. And I think we delivered all three of those in December. Um, so that was, that's, that's a longer time period, but that's like, that's one of the larger things we've done. So that kind of puts it into perspective. Like there's just, there's so many different steps that go in, especially when you're handling all the creative, which is something where we really enjoy doing. But from that initial conversation to the end, when you hand it to the client, there's a lot of stuff that goes in between there and it it just, it takes time. (laughs) And thankfully most of the clients, like we, we've done a really good job about, we can kind of estimate um, project to project how long it's going to take. And we've done better about giving them um, a little bit longer timeline than even we anticipate that way. Everybody's happy. Oh, yeah. Um, Cause before I, I, when I first started, I had a really bad uh, habit of like overpromising and Telling like oh, yeah I'll get it, it I'll get it done I'll get it done tomorrow and then I'm mm-hmm. the guy texting like I'm just not gonna be done tomorrow <laughs> um, and so that's another thing mm-hmm. Justin brought in we so we mm-hmm. overprom or underpromise and overdeliver that's the goal mm-hmm. with every client is to like say it'll take a month and then if it's done in two weeks they're like stoked yeah. but then if it's done in a month they're also happy. Have so you had any like good. really
2: really terrible clients that have bugged you about it like. Every day. No, again, it comes well, down to Are you to getting that. these like unicorn clients?
1: No, <laughs> it's no, no, no. It's all about this communication that I'm talking about with every client. Like we get out of we get all those red flags up front. Yeah. And so it has saved us from so many nightmares that you hear about other people with traditional clients, like, oh, we had this terrible client or this went wrong. We talk Probably more than any other company that you're going to work with up front before we ever do a single thing, and I think that saved us so much because we know the client, the client knows us, and like there's so many things that you get out of the way that most people are like, oh hi, I'm Bob, we're going to do this video, cool sign here, and then you get into production, it's like this is going to cost more, or I'm not happy, or like we get all that out of the way before anything starts, mm-hmm. and so I think that's that's a huge reason as to why we don't have any real client nightmare stories. Um, is because we do all that communicating up front. We have contracts. That's every, really impressive for seven good. years and not yeah, having Yeah, into and nightmares. it's like it's one of those things where the and I always – I just – I hammer away at people. Communication, that is the cornerstone. Oh, uh, yeah. Like internally and externally with our clients, like that is the cornerstone of everything we do is mm-hmm. making sure we talk. We communicate, we ask all the questions, don't be afraid to ask a question. I'm bad at that, Justin. That's another thing he's really good at is he'll just fire away at all these questions that I feel uncomfortable with, but it helps because then there's no awkwardness moving forward, and you didn't miss something, you know, and so I think that's that is what has contributed to that success there, mm-hmm. so but yeah, no, yeah, no real nightmare, mm-hmm. thankfully, yeah, so it's been good.
2: we're gonna just ruin your life. Just, <laughs> like nah. We're going to jinx everything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, we've been thinking about as a company here doing video ads because obviously, yeah. you know, it's something that now that we're ready to, mm-hmm. you know, kind of go out Branch and get out. Yeah. Uh, clients coming in because we've got our Time magazine article coming out, That's uh, awesome. like next month or something like that. That's exciting. Um, Times, West Virginia, That's West awesome. Virginia, not like Times yeah, yeah. New York yet, yeah, but <laughs> I was like, What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's coming out, so we're, I think we're finally ready to like do that. And, um, I'm gonna talk to my brother about yeah. it and then reach out to you guys. That and sounds see about good because it'd be fun, and I'm really interested to see what you guys would do mm-hmm. visually for a podcast company yeah. because it's like, you know, obviously you need to show like the behind the scenes stuff and yep. all that stuff. But like what I'm, I'm kind of curious about what kind of story you, you yeah. could come up with, with it. Cause I, I thought about it and I'm like, I'm
1: not good with vi- bring visual Bring Bring his five
2: dogs in here. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I so, love those <clears throat> challenges though. When <clears throat> we have a client or a subject like, um, so we just did, we just wrapped, um, post-production <clears throat> on some work with the West Virginia Supreme Court of Appeals. And the video we did with them um, was, it's not a PSA, but it's like an explainer video. If you've experienced domestic violence, what are the steps you need to take to take action on that and kind of get out of that situation? And so when you're faced with that as your subject and your motivator, that's a really, that is not an entertaining subject (laughs) in any sense of the word, but it needs to be watchable. Like, so that... It, it, I, I shouldn't say fun, but that was a really challenging one that I think we all enjoyed like jumping in and kind of like figuring out how do we make this watchable, but also, you know, not too lighthearted. Where, you know, you want, this is a very serious <laughs> matter. This could save lives. And so I, I love those challenges where you're, where you're, you know, faced with something that's like, how are you gonna make a video about this? I think yeah. it's always really fun to me to kind of dive in and mm-hmm. figure out. Well, you know, do you get abstract with it? You know, what? There's there's different avenues to take with stuff mm-hmm. like that, and it's fun. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, it's like our music video that we did.
0: <clears throat> it was like the the whole uh, all the scenes and stuff were kind of my idea, and then he he uh, the producer like you know he the director he went off of that, mm-hmm. but he step he kept pretty close to my idea, and it's it's not gonna be out till like the end of July. Okay. Um, we still have to film like a little bit more of it, cool. but I'm worried because I'm not good visually right. that it's going to suck, <laughs> that it's just not going to look how I want it to look. Yeah. He showed me some clips that look really cool, yeah. but uh, overall, I'm the message that I'm trying to get across in it, I'm really hoping that it, it conveys that just yeah. through the video itself. Yeah. So, cause we worked with him and we worked with a uh, a dance company out of Clarksburg oh, cool. and we had, you know, dance coordinated and all That's this awesome. story points going on and stuff. So I'm hoping that it, you know come together well yeah that's
1: that's always exciting and Mm nerve-wracking when you're looking at creative and thinking like is this going to translate on the screen Mm -hmm. like i i I see it in my head but like are we going to be able to get to that point yeah um and there's always that like when it when you unveil it and you get that rough cut first rough cut and you're like like it it all worked out like we got what we (laughs) needed this this is great yeah it's always fun (laughs) So
2: other than the West Virginia Lottery one, which video could you pinpoint, like, a very favorite video? Yeah.
1: This is super easy. So we did a video for Choose West Virginia that came out. Um, It came came out at the end of last year, Um, and it was just one of those things where we got the RFP, and basically the RFP was like, hey, we have this script and we really wanna like tell a love story to West Virginia. And we were like, yes, so we were so excited to jump on that. And so it was through the leadership class of like Leadership West Virginia from last year. And they had this script and they're like, this is gonna be our class project. Like we wanna start this brand called Choose West Virginia and explain why people should choose to live here, raise a family here, work here, come here, visit here and so we just we got this script and the script was really well written and then we just got to like fill in these pieces about like why we love West Virginia and what makes us want to stay here live here. The state yeah. Eight, yeah and it's like it was really cool and it got like I don't know like 70,000 like organic views oh, wow. when it got released mm-hmm. and then it's won Addie's and it's won Telly Awards and it just won some Crystal Awards at the PRSA Awards and so it's like it's still awesome. getting pushed yeah. out there. <laughs> and how long but, ago was this? I think we released in September, maybe October of last year, something like that. Yeah. Um, And yeah, it's just, it still has a ton of traction and a lot of people are like, oh, you guys did the Choose video. Um, We still get like a lot of, we got a lot of name recognition from that, but I mean, overall, that my the reason it's my favorite is because we got to tell a little bit of that story about why we love West Virginia. Um, and that's like an internal passion of ours about how can we how can we do anything possible to change the narrative and help write a positive narrative right. for West Virginia because, oh, yeah,
2: because there's it's so, many so many negative yes, around yeah. West Virginia.
1: yeah, it's terrible. And I'm not like I'm not a native, so I've only lived here ten years. um and so like I have a little bit of a different perspective, but it's like, my goal is to just show people what they have Mm -hmm. here and show how many like gems and how many amazing businesses and amazing people and amazing, like we all know we have the sites. I love it. I love living here because of that. But like, there's so much more even than that in these communities Mm -hmm. around the state. And so when you get paid to travel around the state and shoot oh, yeah. beautiful <laughs> images of why you love to be yeah, here and why awesome. the people here are amazing. That's that's dream job right there. That's what I love it. to do something that
2: you are like to make explain yeah, to people why exactly. you love something that you actually do yes, love. Yeah.
1: Hmm. And it's and it's just neat like I was telling the guys like we're hopefully helping push a narrative forward of an entire state, like not just a city, Mm -hmm. not just a business, like a a whole state. There's not a lot of like young business owners that get to be, you know, kind of on that level and do that for their state and Mm -hmm. like really show why they care and why they want to be here. And it's like, I don't know, just sometimes we have to pinch ourselves and be like, this is awesome. It's really cool. So it's just, it's fun. Yeah. I think
0: it like from being out of state, and living here for 10 years and you not leaving
1: mm-hmm.
0: is actually more impressive than people that just have been here their whole lives. And is have because, never known anything else. Yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. Because, you know, something has kept you here. Right. So, you know, like my family is from like the Buchanan area. Mm-hmm. I was born in Washington state, moved to upstate New York. My dad was in the Air Force. So we got transferred gotcha. down there. Once he retired um, or left, <clears throat> moved back down here, I was, what, 10, 11, something like mm-hmm. that. So I've been down here most of my life. Right. Um, but I'm technically from here. Right. And that's all I really know. Yeah. Um, but somebody that can come here, you know, how old are you? I'm 29. 29. So, yeah, yeah whenever you were 19, yep. coming here and then staying here.
1: Right. So, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. it was one of those things. It was, uh, I didn't plan to be here. My family moved here. Um, and I was going to, so I was born most of my, born and raised in mm-hmm. Missouri. That's my home state. And so, when we were in Alabama for like a span of four years while I was in high school, and my parent, my dad's a doctor. He got a job here, and they moved. And they were like, "We're moving to West Virginia." I was like, "Where? What? what West <laughs> Virginia? Where's West Virginia? I don't know anything. I don't know." Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. Most say yeah, that. That. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so it's like they were like, "Come visit, see see our house. Like, just kind of visit a little bit, and then you can move back to Missouri. That's where you know everybody." Well, I came here. I met my wife. That's a, that's the first thing that happened. Um, and then after we got married, I really did just fall in love with the state. And mm-hmm. uh, and most of it is because of the people. Um, and I've, it's taken me a few years to like solidify like what it is I love about the state. But it really is the people like the hardworking, resilient, um, never giving up. Uh, it's just it's a unique, welcoming, inviting, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, hospitable. It's like proud. Yeah. And like you hear about Southern hospitality. I lived in Alabama mm-hmm. and there is that. I think West Virginia is more hospitable than the South. Like you just, I I can't even explain it. Like you can walk up to anybody at any time, ask for help, ask for directions, like chat Mm -hmm. with them, ask to use, like whatever you need. There's no like, I don't know, there's there's not just that stranger factor Mm -hmm. with most people. You just kind of feel like all like family. Um, And so like, I just, I fell in love with that aspect of it. And then I realized, well, man, the rest of the U.S., Does not see West Virginia that way. Mm -hmm. All they they identify us as hillbillies, as water crisis, as coal, as um, you know the opioids. Like those are the things. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. That's that's right. Yeah. That's all. If they don't connect us us to Virginia.
2: West Virginia exists. Yeah.
1: And so it's like, man this is what, every, like, mm-hmm. why is this narrative that way? And so, like, that's just kind of been a personal passion of mine. It's just, like, trying to, you know, do whatever we can to sort of push that narrative the other way and kind of pull back the veil and show them, like, what we have here. And more importantly, empower the people that are here. Um, that's a thing I talk about with a lot of people is, like, if we spend as much time trying to, you know, bring people into West Virginia and took that time and put it into the people that are already here and like showed off what they're doing, you know, we would have something really special, but for whatever reason, because we're in West Virginia, if you do something cool, it's just, it won't get publicized. It won't get pushed out there. If it's positive, it's probably not breaking Mm -hmm. out, Mm -hmm. you know, of that negative narrative. And so it's like, I'm just, I'm tired of it. um, And I just, I want to push that forward, you know, and show what we have here and what we have to offer. Mm -hmm. And it's been, it's been exciting because we've, We've, we keep getting to be involved in more and more things that kind of get to tell this story on a bigger and bigger stage. Um, we would do a lot of work with nonprofits, that Choose West Virginia video. Um, and it's like, ah, oh, this is neat. Like we're hopefully affecting like long-term change. Cause that's the other thing. Everybody wants change, but they want it immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they want to see change tomorrow. Um, and so like my, I'm, I'm changing West Virginia so my kids have a better state yep, to grow absolutely. up in. That's my goal. If it doesn't change while I'm alive, that's not awesome, but, like, it's okay. As long as I'm pushing that in the right direction and there's some motion that way, that's all I can ask for. Um, and a lot of people don't have that long-term mentality they want yeah. happen tomorrow. Yeah. Like, they want to say something positive and, and then all this they positive change. can't
2: watch it happen, yeah, then, they then they assume it's never going exactly. to. Yeah. yeah,
1: and then they get jaded, and then that's yes. not mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. yeah, so that's True. tough. But, yeah, West Virginia has so many cool things to offer. Yeah,
2: um, I'm from a really small town. I'm from Doddridge County. Okay, yeah. And... I when I Morgantown was just terrifying to me. I'm, I live in Morgantown yeah. now, and like in my head, Morgantown was like New York City. Like I had never yeah. left my little tiny town, and I was like, man, I don't know how people live in that big city. Like, and then I moved to Morgantown because I got tired of doing the exact same thing every day, and I was like, I want to see what else is out there. Yeah, and I got to Morgantown, and I got to watch all of these small business owners and these people that are really pushing for that town. And it's like there's such a sense of community there in that big big town mm-hmm. like yeah and everybody loves each other and they're mm-hmm. sincerely trying to make it a better place for us to live and a better place to you know grow your business and a better place to raise your kids and- yeah
1: yeah and the, the exciting thing that I've seen I'd say in the past like five years is the age um, group that's doing that is getting younger and yeah, younger and, and like it's not these older established business people starting businesses or doing whatever it's these younger people that's like I don't care. I'm gonna start this business. Mm-hmm. I don't care if anybody says it doesn't belong in West Virginia mm-hmm. or it's not gonna work. Like I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna make it work. See
2: what happens. And
1: it's like oh, it's so cool to mm-hmm. see because there's so many younger and younger people are doing that, and that's really what we need. Like mm-hmm. we need that infusion of youth to like understand their worth. And do their thing and be awesome at it, and then yeah, we all need to support about it. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's exciting to see that because I, I I really do feel like all across the board the ages are coming down for mm-hmm. things that are going on, and it's exciting to see that because that's that's the next generation that's gonna hopefully continue to push this state in a positive direction. It's the direction. generation
2: that's realizing that they don't have to walk straight out of a high school and into a college; yep. that there are options in between. Yep and that they can, you yeah. know, they can use those options and mm-hmm. grow their small businesses yeah. and start things from scratch and, yeah. and try now, things. Yeah, and
1: now more than ever you have access to yeah. everything. It's all at your fingertips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really just about you know, having determination and a little bit of consistency, and you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. You really can. It's yeah. true. But you guys said that. I was sitting here thinking about
0: all the businesses that we've interviewed on here, and I think there's only been like one person, and we've been recording for a year now, There's only been one business, I think, that we've interviewed where he's been over 40. Everybody else has been like late 20s, mm-hmm. or early 30s, like yeah. younger people. So yeah, now now that you say that, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I, yeah, it's, most, it's
1: like a trend. Yeah. And even, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you see it across the board, like even in politics, like people mm-hmm. are younger and younger, just mm-hmm. they're fed up mm-hmm. with the way things are. They're whatever whatever community, town, area they're in, they're just like, I don't care. I'm going to do this thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to follow my dreams. I'm yeah, not I mean, going to let you're 29, history. Yeah.
2: And you've been running a successful business for seven years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's really impressive. That's that's a long time to be your age and doing that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think there's there's a lot of a lot of awesome people my age and even younger. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Mikey is a perfect example. When we brought him on, um, he's turning 21 in August, like this August. Oh, wow. And it's like when we met him and started working with him, I first didn't know how young he was, but it, like his work was like so fantastic. And it was like, oh, we need to work with this kid. And he has just like grown way beyond his years mm. um, in the few years that we've been working with him. And it's so exciting because that's, that's a consistent trend that I'm seeing across everywhere like people are giving younger people chances if you stop telling that-
2: people that they can't until they're a certain age yeah. or they can't until they've done this right. like stop setting these markers for people and just watch what they can do
1: yeah Yeah. or you can't because you're in west virginia that's a super like common like i talk about like a stockholm syndrome sort of thing like it's Mm -hmm. always been this way so i'm never gonna do anything better like my family's always done this or west virginia has always been this Mm -hmm. or whatever and it's like they put all these fake barriers in their way and then those barriers become a reality because they don't they don't cross them ever um, and then you just continue that cycle that we see all this negativity, like can't wait to get out, can't wait yeah. to get my kids mm. out, whatever. You know, they, there's always grass is always greener. Oh, sort of I thing. had that
2: mentality when yeah, I was everybody, younger.
1: Everybody, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, anybody that I've talked to, I think that is from here and was born here has at one point mm-hmm. had that I need to get out. Um, but the really interesting thing is there's a lot of those people that are like, at certain point I need to get back like oh, I yeah. miss I'm mm-hmm. missing there's something oh, I've missing I've had friends that mm-hmm. have left yeah. and they're
2: like I need to come home I need to like come home I, yeah. and
1: it's not because where they are wasn't great that they moved to it's just like there is something about mm-hmm. this It's like you don't know what where, you have let's go yeah it's exactly yeah. well and I talk about like your network and like your circle of influence too and like when you leave a state that you've grown up in your whole life, you're leaving everything, but you are Mm -hmm. starting from, I don't even care if you have, if you have one friend or whatever you're moving to, you're starting from scratch. You are reinventing your entire circle of influence. And that's Mm -hmm. a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And that's daunting, especially in a state where nobody cares about you. No family, no nothing. And so like that is why it's so important to me. And that's why I don't really, I'm not compelled to move is that my family's here, like on both sides, my wife's family, my family, we're all here. I have a great base, a great circle of influence. I have a lot of friends and that to me is worth way more than being in Georgia where the film industry is hot or LA because it's popular to say you're from LA. If you're in the right. film industry, it's like, I don't care. Like this is my home base. I'm much stronger here. I have more connections and I'm going to, I'm going to make a go of it. And it's just, it's better all across yeah. the board. And you can say that about anybody, anybody looking to do something. One, if it's not here, why don't you make it a reality and make it be here? Yeah, Like
2: I have a friend that she sings, she plays mm-hmm. country music and she moved to Nashville and she's like, now she's she's there and she's got a kid there and everything. But she's like, what? Why? Yeah, why did I do this? Because yeah. now I'm like a little fish in a big pond and yeah. nobody cares about me because yeah. we're all doing the exact same thing. Exactly. And in West Virginia, people cared. Right. Like, people mm-hmm. supported me and that was a real thing. Mm-hmm. Like the love and support that I had there. And yeah. she's like, that doesn't exist in
1: Nashville. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people ask, like, why why did you pick West Virginia or why did you start this business here? And it's just because like I looked around, and I realized if I went anywhere else that was popular. There are a hundred of me in that same city vying for Mm -hmm. all the same jobs with all the same clients, and I don't really have anything that sets me apart. They're going to have the same equipment. They're probably going to have better education. They're going to have been doing film longer, Mm -hmm. whatever the case. And it's like then I looked at West Virginia, and the negatives are there's not a lot of high end production that happens in the state. That's what I was told. But I just flipped it on its head and said, this is a whiteboard. There isn't Mm -hmm. any. So why isn't there any, let's reverse Mm -hmm. engineer this and I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, like, yeah, I I love being here and starting something and yeah, it took a long time. It took a lot of perseverance. There was a lot of times I wanted to give up. A lot of times I almost didn't think we were going to keep being a business. But. Yeah, the, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't like redo it and even just in a more popular space because mm. it just, to me, that's more difficult. Like there are things that are easier because it's a production world and everybody gets it, but there's so much more competition. I don't know. It's just tough. Yeah. So I try to encourage any young person that I come across, well, no matter what they're in, like seriously consider where you are right now mm. because if you have an idea and you don't see it in the entire state think about being able to control an entire state in whatever you're doing and mm-hmm. you have that potential if nobody's doing it mm-hmm. be the first one to do it you know mm-hmm. take like it take it you. over exactly yeah so so we're trying here
0: I think there was one other podcast production company in West Virginia
1: yeah I really yeah I haven't team. heard of anybody that like specializes yeah. in creating that podcast oh, see, content I didn't even
2: realize that because mm-hmm. I told you last time I'm new to the podcast yeah. thing like
1: yeah there's, yeah there's not there's not a lot i mean like so I was telling him before we got on this that my friend j d has a podcast that I was on, but he kind of focuses like on startups but he just does it you know like not offering it to other people mm-hmm. yeah um and i think I think it's a really cool mm-hmm. cool thing to offer because and I see marketability even in the commercial space mm-hmm. um because this content's valuable if you yeah. have stuff to talk about and you have things you want to say like not everybody has the knowledge and the ability to set something up like this and record yeah. at a high quality mm-hmm. so I think it's awesome. Yeah.
0: yeah. So hopefully we can grow. Yeah. Together. I want to um, after I talk to my brother about it. I want to talk to you about some videos too. It sounds good. So, um, is there anything else that you wanted to cover before we uh, before we get wrapped up?
1: I can't think of anything. Oh, I have really enjoyed it. hanging out <laughs> yeah. with you guys and talking. Yeah. It's fun to Definitely. talk to. Them. You, were, you
2: were easy to talk to. Yeah. Good. yeah, that's good to yeah. hear.
1: Yeah. Well, and I heard the podcast is like, oh, I want to like jump on there with those guys because I what you guys are doing is the, you know, is exactly what I'm talking about. You're in a community, you're bringing other people in that do other thing. you know, other business owners, mm-hmm. other young people that are doing stuff and like highlighting them. Yeah. Um, because that's another thing people don't understand, like, especially about a small town is they expect, if it's in the paper, if it's on Facebook, everybody knows about it, mm-hmm. which is not true at oh, all. No. <laughs> um, and so what you guys are doing by bringing them on here and giving them another avenue to like, talk about what they do, explain what they do in depth. I think it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So for free, yep. which you, is- don't ever exactly get it. yeah yeah. So, yeah so keep up yeah. the good work because yeah. it's amazing so where
2: all can yeah. you be found
1: yeah. yeah so we have website uh, mtncraft.com that's like got all of our about us uh, we have our demo reel on there clients we've worked with that's kind of like our main hub um, we're on Facebook and Instagram so those are our all
0: right we'll link all those in the description Perfect. as well so if you're interested just click on those so uh, so Ben thank you for coming out today yeah thank you guys for yeah. having me it's fun yeah thanks for not uh giving ashley too much shit for her first <laughs> interview
1: no she did great i couldn't <laughs> yeah. even tell if you didn't tell me I yeah. wouldn't have even known, oh, so nice. you did good you did a very good natural job. so all right thanks again